Hey guys, it's Steve on my phone in Hawaii, where it happens to be turkey season. And it is right now turkey week here at Meat Eater, which means tons of great turkey hunting content, a lot of great offers on turkey gear at TheMeatEater.com, and even a calling contest where I am getting my ass thoroughly kicked. Go find it all at TheMeatEater.com. Welcome to This Country Life. I'm your host, Brent Reeves. From coon hunting to trot lining and just general country living, I want you to stay a while as I share my stories and country skills that'll help you beat the system. This Country Life is proudly presented as part of Meat Eaters Podcast Network, bringing you the best outdoor podcasts the airways have to offer. All right, friends, pull you up a chair or drop that tailgate. I think I got a thing or two to teach you. Fishing with nets. There's two types of fishing when you're fishing with nets, commercial and recreational. And I guess there's really four if you count catching fish and not catching fish. And we're going to talk a little about both of them today. But first, I'm going to tell you a story. Now, this story has absolutely nothing to do with fishing nets only a little bit to do with fishing. But fishing was what Tim and I started out doing before the incident occurred. It was many years ago during the middle of the week and we had both found ourselves too sick to go to work but not too sick to fish. What a coincidence. I know, right? Both of us at the same time. Anyway, we loaded Tim's boat with our fly rods and crickets and which is just about the best medicine ever invented and we took off for the Saline River at Mount Elby. I know I've said it on here before, but the dot on the map that we all called Mount Elby is actually called Mount Elba, E-L-B-A. For the folks that like to look up the places where I'm talking about, that was also the name of the boat ramp we were putting in at that would eventually be renamed in honor of my father, the Lloyd Wilton Buddy Reeves Mount Elba Access. When I petitioned the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission with a letter of my family's legacy in that area and that place on the river to rename it after my father, I related how we generationally interacted with the land and the river over the past nine generations. I didn't include the story I'm about to tell you. But that day we backed the boat in, parked the truck, and took off. It was hot that morning and we caught fish pretty quickly. We fished all the way down what we refer to as the stretch. Now that's a location on the river about three quarters of a mile long where the water deepened and the current slowed down in a long straightaway. At the end of the stretch is a, is a place we call Bug Island. Now, when the river is at normal pool, it splits and wraps around the small island of willow trees saying the river rocks. It's shady and a perfect place to stop and cook fish. I've been doing it all my life and plan to do so again in the near future. We took a fish cooker and everything you need and cleaned and cooked the fish right there. They'd never touch a cube of ice and go from swimming in the river to swimming in the live well to being cleaned in the river and then being released into 350 degrees of hot peanut oil. If you have the means, I highly recommend it. We were the only folks on the river that day. 
Everyone else was working. After all, it was the middle of the work week. But by the time we hit Bug Island, it was close to noon and time to eat. It was also Africa hot, and the only relief from the bowl and sun was in the shade. Since there was no breeze, still pretty hot under the trees and standing over that fire cooking fish didn't do anything towards cooling us off. We got done eating, got everything cleaned up and was sitting and staring at that running water that flowed around the island and sweating. And I told Tim, man, I'm about to burn up in the shade sitting here like a dummy wearing the bathing suit I was born with. And with that, we both stood up commenced to peeling off our sweat-soaked T-shirts and overalls until we were naked as pick birds, tenderfooting our way across the hot sand and rocks until we waded out deep enough to cool off in the muddy water of our river. It might as well have been ours. We were the only folks on it. We swam around out in the deeper water for a while, then paddled our way back up to the shallow shoal that tapered off the bank of Bug Island. We were fixing to get out and get dressed and fish our way back to the truck. But then Tim scooped up a huge river mussel along the way, and we laid there on our stomachs in the shallow water admiring that huge freshwater mussel, our lily-white behinds glowing above the surface of the water. I heard a noise behind us that sounded oddly like a boat paddle bumping the side of a boat. Judging from the look of horror that washed over Tim's face, he'd heard it too. Then out of the blue, y'all catching any fish? We looked back over our shoulders at the same time to see an older couple float by with fishing poles in their hands and big smiles on their faces. <laughs> I don't know what happened next or what they did. I slid under the surface, backed out into deeper water, and only came up to take a peek to see when they were gone when I could no longer hold my breath. Tim had done the same. I'm sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Whoever you were. But, with two T's, that's just how that happened. Fishing with Nets Commercial fishermen have always intrigued me. There's just something about making a living catching fish that appeals to kids, and that's when my attraction began. I mentioned Carl's One Stop in last week's episode. It was the bait shop on the edge of town where not only could you buy bait and tackle, but also turkey calls, duck calls, and ammo. You'd also see the commercial fishermen in there stopping by to visit or pick up supplies or meeting folks that had ordered fish. Seeing those big hoop nets in the boat and knowing that guy was paying his light bills with fish he'd caught from the river, now what could be better than that? I dare say nothing. That's got to be the easiest job there is. Right now, anyone that's listening that has ever had even the smallest experience of fishing a hoop net knows that I have finally done it. After almost a year of telling stories and talking about country living on this platform, I have finally said the dumbest thing I'm ever going to say by suggesting that easy is an adjective that describes any portion of commercial fishermen. There was a time when I thought being a duck guide would be a great idea. Who wouldn't want to get paid to go duck hunting? There's always more to the story. Duck hunting, in a way, was what brought my brother Tim and I to net fishing. 
We talked about it forever, but over 25 years ago, we met a man from Louisiana when he came up with a group to hunt with us, and his name was Jerry Bozier. Now, Jerry would later start bringing his son, Zach, along with others over the years, and he and his family became instant friends of ours, and they've remained just like our family ever since. I can go months without talking to Jerry and pick up the phone and give him a call, and it's just like I talked to him yesterday. Where am I going with this? Well, Jerry Bozier is a good fisherman, and most assuredly, he's the best net fisherman I know. And it was his advice and tutelage that inspired my brother Tim to call me one day and say, I'm buying some hoop nets, and we're going to start fishing them in the Arkansas River. You're going to be my helper. I don't recall there being a question as to whether or not I'd be participating. So after the check in the Arkansas regulations on fishing nets, Tim bought three wire hoop nets and some bait from the good folks down at Nets and More, the fish net company in Jonesville, Louisiana. He brought them back home, sent me a picture of them laying in his yard. Now, I'd never seen wire nets before, but man, they look cool. I was excited, but it was like ordering the Charles Atlas Strongman course from the back of a comic book, and when the mailman delivers it, you realize the muscles ain't included. What do we do with them now? First, let's talk about what a hoop net is. Imagine a dip net that you'd use to boat a fish after you caught him with a rod and a reel. But instead of having a shallow bottom in it, think about it being three and a half feet in diameter and 14 feet long. About every two feet is going to be a round fiberglass hoop that holds the net in position, giving it a cylindrical tube shape when both ends are weighted with a head rope and a tail rope and stretched tightly between the two weights. Now, there's all kinds of different diameters, meshes, sizes, and lengths of hoop nets. This is just an example. But they all have what's called a throat inside or, or flue, where a separate mesh funnel gradually narrows down into an opening that fish can easily swim in through but can't easily swim out of. Now, once he gets in there, you got him. Unless he's small enough to swim out through the mesh of the net, which is why there are mesh size regulations on the net so the small fish can get out. Now, these contraptions are strictly made for rough fish like buffalo and drum, and while catfish is a game fish in Arkansas, it's the only one that can be harvested using a net or a trap. Brim under four inches can be caught in a basket trap and used as live bait for flathead catfish, and that's a whole other podcast and one we're planning on doing later this year. But this hoop net I've talked about ain't going to catch fish until we get it in the water. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, what would you use it for? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. A therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is important because talking about the issues that concern you may be all you need to better understand how to handle it. I know it does for me. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash CountryLife today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash CountryLife. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but there's one product that stood the test of time, Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that Seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Sea foam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who's used a can of sea foam to get their truck or boat going. You do know someone. Me. I've been using it for years. Really. People everywhere rely on sea foam to keep the trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of sea foam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com. Dot com to learn more. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. So where do we fish it? Remember Jerry from Louisiana? Well, Jerry will tell you that when you're fishing in current and the river is inside its banks, that you got to find those eddies to consistently catch fish. A fish can obviously swim anywhere it wants to, but they they have travel patterns and tendencies just like all creatures. They like gathering in those eddies. What's an eddy? Well, how about I tell you what one is? The definition of an eddy is a circular movement of water counter to a main current causing a small whirlpool. Now, let me describe it to you like this. Me and you are sitting in a boat facing upriver. The river in front of us has a curve that bends around to the right and continues on. The downstream side of that curve is where the eddy forms. As the current comes around that bend, it forms a circular motion known as an eddy fish congregate there to catch bait fish and groceries that get swept up and concentrated in the water. It also gets them out of the strong current and allows them to rest while they eat. Survival is the name of the game and ingesting calories while expending the minimal amount necessary to do so is priority numero uno. 
But you can't just find an eddy, weight both ends, and chunk your net in the river. That's no bueno. You're going to have to drag and sound check the depth of the water to see if there's any obstacles in there that could damage or keep your net from laying out properly. And I'm sure those Garmin depth and sonar units like Clay and I had on our big Sea Arc boat last January would easily do the trick, but if you find yourself out of modern technology, a net drag on a long rope will do the trick. Most net drags that I've seen are around 16 to 18 inches long and made a solid round inch and a half steel. On the bottom, they'll have four pieces of quarter inch rod at even intervals bent in the shape of a U and welded to the shaft. It'll look kind of like a grappling hook. On the other end is welded an eye to attach a rope, and you'll use it to drag across the bottom looking for obstacles like treetops or somebody else's net or anything that could damage or keep your net from fishing properly. You're also going to need that drag to pull your net up when it's time to check it. And you're looking for a, a clean shelf or a bottom where you can lay your net out flat on the bottom like a cardboard paper towel tube. Now here's a little something extra. At my house, all my kids call those tubes dut to does Because <laughs> they could never pick an empty one up to play with it without sticking it to their mouth and going dut to da Do y'all's kids do that or mine the only ones? Probably just mine. I live in a circus. All right, let's get this thing in the water. We're going to need a heavy anchor and a long length of rope. The length of rope that's tied to the head and the tail is dependent upon the depth of the water. Now Jerry likes to use 5 16th hollow braided line for a big hoop net. He's going to use about 30 pounds of weight or more. And that's going to be on the anchor, and that's going to go on the tail end of the net, and it's always pointed upstream. Get your weight, then the line, and then the tail end of the net. We start feeding that net out, tail in first, and we're going to float downstream and take all the slack out of that net and the length of rope we've got tied to the head end. Now, that rope is attached to a rope that's called a bridle, and it goes from one side of the hoop to the other on the front, kind of like a handle of a bucket. The head rope is tied right in the middle. Stay with me now, because we're going to review this and get squared away in your brain bucket in just a minute. Pulling further downstream, about 30 to 40 feet, if not further, we're going to attach a small weight around 10 pounds. And from that weight, we're going to run a 20-foot line with a 2 to 3-pound weight with a float tied in the middle. Now, this keeps the rope off the bottom and makes it easier to catch with a drag. It doesn't take long for silt to cover a rope up, and that makes it hard to find. The float sure makes it easier. Now I know what you're saying. Why don't you just run a float from the weight on the headline to the surface? It'd be easy to run without even having to worry about using a drag. Well, let me tell you why. The same reason you like your truck when you park it and walk away. Folks will not only covet your hoop nets, but they will also run them, steal your fish, and take your nets. All right, erase the blackboard in your cranium and let's review it. We found an eddy that has a clean bottom where we can place our hoop net. On the tail end of our net, we've attached a long length of rope and a big anchor. Splash goes the anchor, and now we're slowly motoring or floating backwards 
down the river, letting the net pull out of the boat slowly as we hold a little tension so it goes in the water like it's fishing already. Letting the head rope out, we drop the 10-pound weight, followed by the float and the rest of the rope with the small weight. Now, it's time to go do whatever and be confident that while you're occupied with some other activity, that you're also fishing with every tick of the clock. Mowing the yard, also fishing. Eating supper, also fishing. Slumbering in the bed, also fishing. The hardest part for me and Tim was not going back to check our nets. You gotta let them fish and time is on your side. If you remember, we didn't bait this net. We're catching fish that are just out making a living and doing their thing, swimming upstream. Now, they'll still be snagging grub as it floats downstream and into the water column that brought them there in the first place. We're just going to have them hemmed up where we're fishing, and they'll be just as healthy and full of vigor when we run the net a minimum of five days from when we set it. So after a week, we're going to head back to the river we're going to chunk our drag in to catch a hold of that headline. We put it out tail end first, so we're going to do just the opposite to run it. And when you throw your drag out, you're aiming for the head rope. That's the end with the little float holding the line off the bottom so it wouldn't get silted in. Now, you don't have to do that, so don't be hollering at me about this is wrong and it ain't the way your grandpa did it. While I'm interested in hearing how he did it, I ain't about to listen to anything I've described here is wrong because it ain't. Now, how do I know it ain't? Well, Jerry's son, Zach, owns one of the best restaurants in Louisiana, and I understand that's a bold statement because there are a lot of great places to eat down there. But they run fish through that restaurant faster than grass runs through a goose, and Jerry provides a large portion of the fish. And this is how he catches them, and they feed a lot of folks. It's called Big Zach's Place in Logansport, Louisiana. Y'all check it out and tell them I sent you. But guess what? We ain't done yet. Me and Tim don't even fish the kind of nets that I just described. We're going to, but right now, we're fishing that big net's little brother, which works the same way, but it's a lot easier to handle, and we use bait. The wire nets we fish are 18 inches in diameter and 4 feet long. They're the same as regular hoop nets, except there's no hoops. The net mesh is held in place by wire on the inside, which is concrete reinforcement wire. You just bend it into a loop. Now, you can fish them several ways, one of which is how I just described with the big hoop net. Another way is to suspend it vertically beneath the water with the throat facing down above the bottom. Fish will feed upwards, drawn into the net by the bait. And you can also just bait it up and chunk it overboard in a good spot you've already picked out. Now, the bait we use is usually soybeans and cheese mashed them into a big old block. And we put it in a mesh bag and throw it inside, and it slowly dissolves and, and leaves a, a scent trail of food downstream. And, and as the fish feed upstream, they follow it into the net. Tim and I fish ours in current always with the mouth facing downstream, and anchor a tie off the tail. It's pretty simple and a very effective way to catch fish. It's also a lot of fun, and we have a great time doing it. If you're interested in doing it, check your regulations of where you live. Hit the folks up down there in Jonesville, Louisiana, and you can get you a net that you can fish. 
Hey, I hope y'all enjoyed the Squirrels and Coons in Arkansas film Claybo and I did over on the Meat Eater YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, hop on over and check it out. Clay's Alaska Wolf episode dropped this week too. Man, it's good. We got two more loaded and ready to fly and they'll be dropping over the next two weeks on Tuesdays. We'll also be at the Black Bear Bonanza in Bentonville, Arkansas on March the 9th. Tickets are available on their website. You just search Black Bear Bonanza and you'll see the link. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be some great demonstrations. We're going to record a podcast. I'll be emceeing the Al Hooting Contest and get ready for this. Case Knives will have a booth there. And my friend John Pantuso and my fellow Arkansan, Chris Taylor will be there too. Chris is a knife maker and has designed and built three skinning knives for Case. I got all three. Man, it's something special. Rinse the youngins off, help Grandpa find his teeth, and y'all come see us. It's going to be a good time. Until next week, this is Brent Reeves signing off. Y'all be careful. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist near you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, guys. It's Steve on my phone in Hawaii, where it happens to be turkey season. And it is right now turkey week here at Meat Eater, which means tons of great turkey hunting content, a lot of great offers on turkey gear at TheMeatEater.com, and even a calling contest where I am getting my ass thoroughly kicked. Go find it all at TheMeatEater.com.